National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. Happy birthday to Mother Angelica. On April 20th, 2023, Mother Mary Angelica, the nun who created the world's largest Catholic media network, would have turned 100 years old. EWTN's founder, who died in 2016, has had a profound impact on Catholics in the United States and around the world. Today on Register Radio, Father Joseph Mary shares stories of Mother Angelica's great trust and how that continues to impact EWTN's work today. Then the Register's digital managing editor, Elisa Murphy, brings us stories from listeners and readers who have been touched by Mother. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and your host here on Register Radio. So many of you already know Mother Angelica's story. She transformed her convent's garage into a broadcasting studio way back in August 15, 1981, and that action impacted the lives of so many people. Uh, First of all, the people who work for EWTN, and, and also, of course, uh, the fellow, her fellow religious. And we are joined today uh, by one of those religious, and that is Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Welcome, Father Joseph. Great to be with you, Jeanette. And it's always fun to talk about Mother Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the reason we're here. I mean, you in a very very big way. Your vocation, mm-hmm. um, me. I, I mean, now having been working for the network for more than ten years. How many years has it been for you? I've been here since 1985. So I came and I said, "Mother, I'll volunteer for a year." Well, that was thirty some years ago. So it's, never it's left. Just, it's amazing. And of course, you came as an engineer, right? I did. Yes, I was 26 years old, January of 85. I arrived here, and we're still using the garage studio. <laughs> and uh, so the new studio had been physically completed, but it still had to be wired. And that was one of my first jobs, was to help wire the audio for the new studio that we still use today, of course. And then the garage studio became the new control room. And that's really what enabled us to be able to go 24 hours a day because up till that point, we were just like four hours a day being mm-hmm. bro- a broadcast. Yeah, it's, it, this is an amazing network. And one of the promos for all of the commemoration events uh, that were, were planned, we had you know basically a day of 24 hours of programming on um, starting April 19th um, and all day on the 20th. Um, there was programming uh, commemorating Mother Angelica's life. And, and there was a promo, and uh, as I watched that promo, it called the network a network of miracles. Mm. Why would you, how, how, <laughs> if you had to say, why was it a network of, of miracles, why? What would you say? Well, Mother said, when all is said and done, people will not talk about what was done, but how it was done, mm. which is the power of prayer. Because this network, and it's still an ongoing miracle, I believe, is all viewer-supported. So we don't have obnoxious commercials. (laughs) We have (laughs) prayer spots. We talk about upcoming programs. We have devotional things. In fact, that's kind of one of the favorite parts that I have of the network, just these little teachings and little spots in between programs. So it's all viewer-supported. 
And you think about the growth of the network and what that means, that's a lot of providence. And Mother just had this confidence that God will provide. I have to, I have to tell you one story that I think people always find Please. humorous. When I first came here, it was like November of 84, I was going to interview for the in- engineering job. And so Matt Scalisi, who was the head of engineering, was taking me around. He took me around the the mail room where the sisters were answering the mail and, and those sorts of things. And they had two calligraphied signs that Sister Raphael had written uh, near the ceiling. And one said, we don't know what we're doing, but we're getting good at it. (laughs) 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 And the other one said, unless you're willing to do the ridiculous, God will not do the miraculous. But just their simple faith is what attracted people to the sisters. They believed God would provide, and he did. Absolutely. I mean, what a lesson. And there's so many lessons. We'll turn Mm -hmm. to that in a minute because I I, I definitely want to talk about some of those lessons. But I I do want to talk about the day of commemoration Um, at EWTN. I wasn't able to be there, but I I saw all the messages um, from uh, from the network, just talking about things like poor man's pizza <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and yellow roses and mm-hmm. inviting um, the staff to wear yellow. What was all of this about <laughs> and how did it connect to Mother Angelica? You know, when Mother was here, they lived here first uh, next to the network. The network grew out of the, the monastery. Eventually the sisters moved about an hour drive north in Hansville. But Mother would come down in the afternoons, typically, and she would do the responsibilities she had here at the network. And sometimes they had the main meal, usually in the middle of the day, the sisters did. She would come back, and it was after the main meal had been put back. And it wasn't maybe something she was particularly fond of. (laughs) So (laughs) Sister Michael told me this. Then Sister Michael's still with us, thanks be to God. She's 91. And uh, she said she would get some stale bread and put some olive oil on there, and then some tomato, and maybe a little cheese, and she'd bake it, and she'd make what she called a poor man's pizza. And so our uh, a man on the staff here, Brian, made these little pizzas for the crew to have here at the network so that they could just relive that simple uh, treat of mother. It's really like a family, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know that many people really understand how many people at the network have been affected, uh, impacted, I mean, just greatly impacted by Mother Angelica. I mean, they're there because of Mother Angelica. There was one, there were employees who just started to respond and tell their own story Mm -hmm. um, to one of our HR emails that went out just talking about the poor man's pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And somebody said, when I was six months old, my parent my parents brought me here to mother for her to say a prayer over me. Mm-hmm. She took me out of my infant car seat and carried me to the chapel and laid me on the altar and prayed over <laughs> me. 18 years back, 18 years later, I came back. I, I mean, mm-hmm. just that's a great story, but there were so many of them. What are the other stories from, from you know, our fellow employees that you've heard? Yes, and that was uh, wonderful Jennifer, who's been here working in closed captioning. And uh, she was born with some disability, you know, And uh, but she is just the most cheerful person you'd ever meet. And it stems back to that. She also is quite proud that Pope John Paul II uh, 
held her face at World Youth Day in Denver and, wow. and just uh, encouraged her too. But yes, I think everybody here at the network has their own story, how they ended up here, how they met mother, and it's like it changed the course of their lives. And a lot of them felt a call. So I often say Mother Angelica had this inspiration to begin this remarkable work, but others had to say yes to an inspiration they received to help her and to support her and to do other things like Deacon Bill, who was a lawyer in Nashville who could help get her through the legal loopholes of making this thing happen. And uh, so many other people, Doug Keck and Mike Warsaw, have their own stories how they ended up here. And, and we all do, really. Absolutely. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Tell, tell me more, though, about how uh, the network celebrated. I mentioned the commemoration um, mm-hmm. programming uh, that was, was on. Of course, Father uh, Mitch Pakawa had um, you know, EWTN Live with, with special guests, and all mm-hmm. of that can be found on, on YouTube. Um, but, but tell us more about the, the masses and mm-hmm. the, the rosaries and, and, and how that um, lifted her up. Yes, and our own choir, you know, they do a remarkable job, and they want to do something even more remarkable. And so they brought in some strings, and uh, so they had a little mini orchestra together with the choir. And as part of our music program for that day for the televised mass, we had some of Mother's favorites. So I'd asked one of the sisters some time ago, I said, what were some of Mother's favorite hymns? And two of them, they sang, Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, that devotional Eucharistic hymn, and then Be Thou My Vision, you know, and that you can really see how Mother lived that. You're my vision, Lord, and uh, be thou my vision in all that I do. So they um, had that uh, the strings added to the choir, and then we also had a very special Mass at Santo Spiritu. It's a church not that far from St. Peter's, where our own bishop, Bishop uh, Stephen Reka, offered the Mass, and they had a very uh, beautiful Mass there with a choir as well. What a great opportunity for um, Bishop Reka to be in Rome uh, for mm-hmm. this uh, uh, commemoration and, and to have... Yeah, to have the the Bishop of Birmingham there um, for this special day. So that is a, that was a real gift. I, I definitely uh, awed another little miracle, you know, that that could work out. The Register did a story. Uh, Joe Pronishin wrote a story. She loved Jesus so much, remembering Mother Angelica on her hundredth birthday, and he talked to uh, people like Doug Keck uh, and Michael Warsaw, people who knew her so well. He, you are quoted in this story as mm-hmm. well as as a few other um, employees at EWTN who knew her for a long time. I would me- mention our producer Jeff Burson, who mm-hmm. uh, is helping us with this recording, and and he n- knew her well too. Mm-hmm. Um, there from for a very long time. But I want to talk about some of the lessons. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like right now in this moment in our in our Catholic life in our country, especially in the U.S., but the world too, because it's a network that goes mm-hmm. around the world. It's just yeah. amazing, a network of miracles. What lessons uh, might we take from her life for this present moment? And you said present moment. Well, that was one of her big teachings was to live in the present moment. You know, so we can kind of get overwhelmed when we look at the world situation and all these things going on, 
and I think one of the things people need most is hope because we're all feeling somewhat overwhelmed by the world and the you know the decline in morality and uh, all of these things that we're seeing and so mother would say live in the present moment with God in your heart and I, I think if we live in the present moment doing what we can in this present moment to love God, to love others, to make God better known and loved, that's the very best thing that we can do, is live in His will. Mm -hmm. So if we're living in His will, then that's the very best thing we can do for the world, the church, our families, and for ourselves personally, is living in His will. You know, <laughs> you said we can't be afraid of doing the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a huge lesson for me uh, in in my work. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, sometimes it feels like trying to uh, be a part of the news enterprise, which 24-7 news can, can really feel heavy, right? Yeah. Um, but... But that that was a part of her vision too, and so for the for news, sometimes we feel like we're doing a ridiculous task. Mm -hmm. um, but just to have that faith, it's a constant reminder. I draw on that um, as a great a great um, lesson of mm -hmm. her life is just being not being afraid to do the ridiculous. You last year um, helped to promote a book uh, that was done of mothers. Um, I, I think it was a Bible study, uh, mm -hmm. basically in book form now, and that is In His Sandals, A Journey with Jesus. The Register did a book review for, uh, for this, and, uh, this commemoration of her 100th um, uh, mm -hmm. uh, birthday. Uh, that's at ncregister.com right now. And I just, as we close, I really wanted to, to kind of hone in on the fact that we're still making her words, mm -hmm. you know, better known. Things like this Bible study that was done, it predated EWTN, and we're making that known um, even now. Uh, what, what is in that Bible study, and, and what are other mm -hmm. ways that new things are coming to light and being published related to her life? Yes, and I'm always learning new things that she taught, and I'm always edified and, uh, you know, understanding, because we, Doug Keck and I also do Answering the Call, which is a radio program where Mother answered calls, and they would ask questions, and she would respond. And there's really been some beautiful insights, you know, that I've gotten from that. Um, so, yeah, the, the In His Sandals was actually three programs that she did before EWTN was even on the air. But there's an interesting quote she has in there. She said she wanted to live to be 100. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. whatever, whatever it would take to live it to be 100. And she said, why? Because you don't know the value of one more act of love of God, one wow. more thought of God, one more act of charity. You know that right now is the time for us to grow in our, uh, uh, our love. And that's what we will carry with us to eternity. So that has been a, a beautiful teaching. And you know, through the media, Mother Angelica made it to 100. She's still teaching on the it's air. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it, you're, you're so right. That's a great yeah. story. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let you go. But one last little thing. Why the yellow roses? Why, why did, the pe did, did employees wear mm -hmm. yellow? What, what was yes, that the connection? Yes, they were her favorite color. And she especially liked the yellow roses with red tips if you've ever seen those mm, yes. <laughs> and, uh, so 
She always, people, when it was her birthday or something, people would send dozens of yellow roses. And uh, so she had, I think, some kind of a mystical experience on one occasion. And yellow was involved. I don't remember all of the details, but it became a, a favorite color of hers because of that. Well, we certainly remember her today uh, in, in all this, you know, the rest of the April, just to, to think of her life, her impact, and how it might encourage us, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be more faithful and to say yes more often. So, Father Joseph, Mary, thank you for sharing uh, your love and your devotion to Mother Angelica with us. Great to be with you, Jeanette. When I come back, registered digital managing editor Elisa Murphy will bring us more stories of Mother Angelica's impact. This is Register Radio on EWT. Stay tuned for more. If you need your news on the go, read the Register online. But if you want to take your time and savor the stories, then subscribe to the National Catholic Register's print edition. And with award-winning Catholic journalism that goes beyond what you'll find from any secular news service, you'll get the real story behind the events that unfold over the course of the year. Try the Register for free today and get it delivered to your home, office, or parish. Join the Catholics who depend on the Register for its faithful and courageous reporting. Get six issues free today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register, and I'm with Elisa Murphy, the Register's Managing Editor of Digital Assets. And we have been celebrating Mother Angelica this week uh, across EWTN, and, and of course the Register has done a few stories to help mark the uh, 100th birthday of Mother Angelica. It would have been her 100th birthday on Thursday, April 20th. And it's really important, I think, for us to kind of just realize how big EWTN has grown. I mean, in its 42nd year, it has 11 global TV channels, even more regional you know, channels uh, that are broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week in over 4 million households in 160 countries and territories. I just, when I think about that, and that's not even radio, and that's not even the Register or CNA or Asi Prensa's impact. It's just, it's really huge. Uh, I'm super grateful. And um, Elisa, what we have found is that so is her audience, right? So is EWTN's yes. audience. And so you decided early this week um, to reach out to our audience. You wrote a blog uh, that that basically asked uh, the Register's audience to tell us their stories. Uh, Father Joseph and I talked about uh, EWTN being a network of miracles, and we basically asked the audience, what are some of their miracles? So what have you heard? 
You know, we've gotten such a tremendous um, tremendous response across um, all of our platforms. And, you know, you mentioned radio. Um, I originally was with EWTN Radio before switching with the register. And it's amazing to think that there's over 500 EWTN radio affiliates uh, globally. And it's amazing to think about how much of the programming is caller-based, Mm-hmm. Because there's so many people listening that want to share and want to speak about their own experiences in their life and their Catholic faith. Uh, and it's just that that really is a true testimony to this this conversation that Mother Angelica started with launching EWTN. We've heard from several of our own readers, uh, Hal Fletcher writing in um Really, it's amazing how many they start off talking about how they were just so compelled to write in because Mother Angelica and EWTN had such a profound uh, impact on their life. Uh, And Hal says, um, if you want the real story, you go to EWTN to deliver it. And he mentions Mother's wit, of course, and her engaging personality. Uh, And it came to him at a crucial moment in his life. He mentions, you know, living through um, Vatican II and a lot of um, issues where there was some resistance and strong opposition and advocacy for things like women priests and other things. And he says, into the phrase stepped mother, deftly she parried the sword of our enemy in ways that complemented the church. It was beautiful to behold and a great relief to me, knowing that somebody else believed the truth enough to speak it. As we also heard from Christina Thompson who wrote in saying she grew up Catholic, uh, but unfortunately had fallen, fallen away and left the church when she was a rebellious teenager, she says. Uh, and she also married a non-Catholic, and it was through channel surfing sometime in her 30s that she stumbled across Mother Angelica, uh, the nun speaking to her in Technicolor. And she <laughs> says, it was the first and only time I've ever used the word delight in my life. I could not look away. Just watching and listening lightened my world. And she says there were a lot of aha moments during that time and into my 50s where I finally just got it. And she still says to this day, uh, there's just like this silence influence on her that she can, it's in, in her heart that she just, you know, this, this voice that um, just really brought her back to the church. She's so forever grateful for. Uh, and, and a dear friend of mine, Ashley McGuire, she grew up Protestant, and it was actually just one night in her high school years uh, watching EWTN, same thing, kind of flicking around, seeing what was on. And she and her friend stumbled across Mother Angelica praying the rosary, and it completely changed her faith. Um, so it's just these really marvelous stories uh, and our own, you know, we've heard from a lot of our own employees, especially even Doug Keck. I'm not sure if you guys have spoken about anything he he's mentioned, but, you know, one of the things Mother Angelica always had in her purse was her rosary. But and many people know that. But another item she always had in her purse was a little tiny baby Jesus. That's right that she always had on her. And, you know, if you ever go to the shrine in Hansville, her, her love and devotion to the child Jesus is so moving. And especially in this post-Roe world we're living in, uh, really speaks to the, the witness of life that, mother, uh, that EWTN and Mother Angelica has always stood for as well. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, Doug tells that story that mother was taking out her rosary to give to his son. Uh, he had just had, I think, his confirmation, and he and, and she said, oh, but I can't give baby Jesus. It's too, he's too precious to me. <laughs> and so she had, she had such a great sense of humor and such a great generosity as well. I, I also love um, one line that was used uh, in our editorial, and this was something that um, Michael Warsaw told us, and it was that Mother Angelica had been asked, uh, or excuse me, she had asked the Lord at times, why, why me for EWTN? Why did you choose me to start this network? And that the answer that she got in prayer from the Lord was, uh, you weren't the first person I asked, <laughs> but you were the first person who said yes. yes. And, and we use that in the editorial because it's so true that the Lord asks us so many things. And the question is, is are we going to say yes? And that's one of the biggest lessons we can really learn from Mother Angelica. So our, our editorial is called Mother Angelica, Apostle of Radical Trust. And it really asks the question, what is God asking for each of, of each of us to do for him? And are we going to be ridiculous sometimes, um, do the ridiculous sometimes, if the Lord asks um, just because he asked, as Mother Angelica did. So that's a real challenge uh, for us today. You know, and it's interesting um, those those moments when she was traveling, when she was very when she was young, and she saw those big boxes, people watching them, and she said, "I got to get me one of those." <laughs> TV. And and, he, and it's a ama it's amazing to think of how many testimonials we've received. We'll have a special blog celebrating some of the voices up tomorrow. But it's amazing to think that using broadcast television, especially when cable was kind of first, you know, during its advent, that you were catching people that maybe were just channel surfing, you know, the couch, couch potato comes to mind. You're not really maybe paying attention. And all of a sudden you stumble across something that, that speaks to you and, and makes one's heart think and, and people are going back to mass and the network has carried through and just grown stronger. And when you think of the COVID era and how many masses were celebrated when Pope Francis every day was offering mass, um, that for those that were homebound and isolated, that um, there was still communion uh, in Absolutely. that sense. And I, I just think it's such a beautiful testimony to Mother Angelica and her brave witness. So this week offers us an opportunity to say yes more uh, to the Lord and to do as Mother did, always take it to prayer. So we ask everyone to take to prayer the, the work of EWTN, that it may continue um, what Mother started and do the Lord's work, spread his gospel. Remember, for more news, analysis, and commentary, check out the National Catholic Register online at ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us on Register Radio here on EWTN. For my producer, Jeff Burson, and from myself, I pray that God bless you.